What's going on, everybody? This is Rob Pearsall, and you're listening to the Mets Legends Cast. I'll be rocking this episode solo today. Well, kinda. My cat is uh, my cat's hanging out here too. So if you hear some meows in the background, um, it's probably him. Though it could be me as well. Uh, today's episode, I really want to talk about uh, the Mets farm system uh, and some recent rankings that have gone down. Um, most notably, Keith Law of The Athletic releasing his top 100 prospects, um, but also Baseball America ranking the Mets 16th overall um, farm system-wise, so kind of middle of the pack. Um, obviously, the Mets farm system is not where it was several years ago before Brody Van Wagenen kind of stripped it bare, but you do see some guys uh, kind of making their way up through the ranks, and uh the Mets do have some appealing names. It is a top-heavy farm system for sure, um, but you do have some appealing names in there and guys that could maybe make an impact sooner rather than later now. Um, but yeah, definitely a little way is away from where they want it to be, but um, with several uh, high draft picks in this coming draft, uh, you will see that start to improve. Just a quick note, um, just because we're on the topic of farm system prospects, um, I'm not an expert by any means in this field, uh, but I did think it would, you know, I do love uh, reading about players in the pipeline, but I do get a lot of my prospect info, uh, and I really respect the opinions of guys such as Jacob Resnick, Mike Mayer, guys that really, really focus and and know a lot about uh, that area of Mets baseball. But I'm going to take a stab at it. You know, you let me know what you think. Uh, you have any questions, concerns, anything that we talked about today, maybe that I might have missed, you could always drop us a line at MetsLegends at gmail.com. But yeah, let's get into it. Uh, First and foremost, I I just wanted to talk about this a little bit, but uh, Kumar Rocker, there was some quote that came out today, um, which is Wednesday, uh, February 2nd. Um, His agent, Scott Boris, saying that he's going to be playing some independent ball. But the quote was a little bit weird. Uh, Basically, he was saying that Kumar is in great physical shape and that he's getting healthier or something along that line. Um, And that he'll, you know, he looks good, uh, better than he's seen him in a long time. But it all seemed very, like, weird that he would phrase certain things the way he did. Um, And I know the Mets kind of caught a lot of flack for not signing Rocker, who had some amazing, amazing games pitched for Vanderbilt um, during his time in college. He won't be going back to Vanderbilt, it seems. It seems like he's going to go the independent circuit and then re-enter the draft in 2022, uh, this year. Um, but, you know, I think maybe the Mets dodged a little bit of a bullet. Um, it kind of seems like he might not have been fully healthy and that there were some concerns there. Um, and, you know, you don't want a guy who is going to be injured because those there's certain things that you just don't necessarily come back from bounce back from. And, you know, Kumar rocker could end up having a really great MLB career, but uh, the Mets will kind of get a chance to reconcile it. They have two first round draft picks this year, I believe. And uh, some pretty high ones after that. So, but yeah, that was the recent news on Kumar rocker. And since he was the Mets first round pick from this past year's draft, I figured I'd mention it, but kind of on more of a positive note i wanted to talk about keith law's rankings of the mets of the top 100 prospects in baseball and uh the mets have five names in there i believe um so i'm kind of going to go over each one and then i want to talk a little bit about jacob resnick's um 
rankings too. He recently re- released the top 75 prospects in the Mets system, um, and he's someone who's really on point with what his what uh, his analysis on the Mets farm system. So, um, but first and foremost, I'll talk a little bit about each guy, give my opinion on them, and we'll kind of breeze through this. But uh, the Mets top rated prospect, uh, according to Keith Law, and I think most people would pretty much rank him as the number one prospect kind of by a long shot is Francisco Alvarez, who uh, Keith Law has as the number eight prospect in baseball. The previous ranking was number 19, so he keeps moving up. Uh, Francisco Alvarez, obviously a very, very exciting talent. Uh, you know, big guy, got some nice pop in his bat. Um, might not be the best defender, but his bat might really be able to carry him. Uh, I guess the only thing I really worry about with Francisco Alvarez is it seems there's so much pressure being put on him already, and he is only 20 years old. Um, I know the Mets situation at catcher right now is not ideal. You have James McCann under contract for three more years, and he really did not put up any kind of uh, great, sexy numbers or anything, uh, either defensively or offensively. Um in the shortened 2020 season, he did make some improvements to his framing, um, which was a big issue earlier in his career, but that really regressed in 2021 over a full season again. Uh, obviously, I think Mets fans are really hoping that McCann can turn it around, but it kind of seems like this is just the player that he is. So I think a lot of a lot of people are really hoping Francisco Al- Alvarez can um, – debut sooner rather than later but we have to remember he is only 20 years old he's only played high a ball um and it's really just it's it's really time you know and we have to temper our expectations kind of let this kid grow organically on the field um and not put so much pressure on him because it's a lot for a 20 year old kid playing in the biggest market um you know in baseball um but obviously very exciting stuff uh, Keith Law talks about his his power, talking about how uh, he's a guy who has a good arm. Um, kind of not, he says that he could be as mobile as a statue and still be an above average regular for a catcher. With dare I say it, a Mike Piazza like upside of his back keeps improving. And I know that's that's music to Mets fans' ears. Any comparison to Mike Piazza, such a beloved figure in Mets fandom. Um, in Mets, you know, Mets history, uh, hearing those two compared to each other is, is, is great. You know, that, if that kind of culminates and he's able to do that. Um, but still he's 20 years old. There's a lot that has to happen between then and him making his debut. So I'd say, you know, maybe he could be up. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen in 2022. Maybe you're looking at 2023. I would not rush him personally, let him get as much seasoning as he needs to in the minor leagues and ease him into it. You don't want to make the mistake of bringing him up too soon and ruining his confidence and, you know, kind of throwing him to the wolves. So, but a lot of, a lot of high praise for Francisco Alvarez. A lot of Mets fans, including myself are excited for him. So uh, moving on, at number 40, you have Ronnie Mauricio, who previously ranked number 32, so he took a little bit of a dip. Um, but there were some things to be excited about for Mauricio. Obviously, he was signed with signed by the Mets in 2017 for $2.1 million as an international free agent. Um, came back this year looking really big. Look, you know, like, he's 6'3", he's 166 pounds. He's got to be a little bit heavier than that, in my opinion. I mean, he's just a big guy, um, and he grew a lot coming from the the uh, 
coming from the, the, the shortened pandemic season where the minor league uh, system was just not existent. Um, Mauricio is a shortstop, obviously. Um, who knows if he's going to last there long term? Who knows if he's even going to be a Met long term? Um, he's a guy that you might see as a trade chip. This is all pure speculation, obviously, but he's a guy that you might you might see packaged in a deal for the Mets to maybe get a starting pitcher, maybe to bolster their offense. But to me, he seems like a guy who, you know, with Francisco Lindor holding down the fort at shortstop for the foreseeable future, I don't see Mauricio lasting at shortstop. Um, you know, maybe he gets pushed to the outfield. Uh, maybe he's a guy that if there's a universal DH, you see DHing. Um, but Keith Law compares him to a young Alfonso Soriano, um, who never got as big as Mauricio Law says, but he could see uh, Mauricio having some power, maybe 30 plus homers, um, which Alfonso Soriano did. So uh, we'll see. Um, I think that. If you got that out of Mauricio, like Keith Law says, that's very exciting. You take that uh, six ways from Sunday. But we'll see what happens with Mauricio long term. Um, to me, the more appealing prospect is actually Brett Beatty, who ranks right after him in Keith Law's rankings at number 41. Uh, Beatty is 22, also 6'3", 210 pounds, third baseman. Um, and I think you know he went from being an unranked prospect in last the last round of, of rankings to ranking 40, 41st in baseball. So he took a big leap this year, um, you know, made it up to double a, um, and he's been, he's, he's got a lot of tools that, that make him an appealing hitter. Um, who knows if he's going to stay at third base too. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like that's going to be his area. That's that, that he's going to really excel in, but, you know, if you have some other guys around the infield who are good um, and Beatty's hitting, you know, you kind of accept that what you're going to get from him in third base. Um, it doesn't seem like it's that like he's that much of a of a, of a butcher in the field, but um, you know, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, the big knock on him that that Law said is that he he hit a lot of ground balls in 2021, um, and that's something that's easily correctable. Um, and if he could do that, you know, if that's something that they're able to tweak and he's able to lift the ball more, um, you know, he does have an appealing bat, you know, especially if he gets that launch angle down. Um, and, you know, at, like I said, at third base, he might not win you any gold gloves over there, but if his bat is where it needs to be, uh, I think you kind of accept it. Um, but who knows? I mean, he he's someone who you might even see in Queens in 2022. Uh, you really don't know. Um, I'd say maybe 2023, but uh, if he continues to hit, maybe you see him at some point this summer. Um, then moving on, number 71, you have Mark Vientos, who uh, my buddy John Flanagan has been posting videos of. And uh, Vientos, you know, been hitting in the cages a lot this winter, looking really good. He could really clobber the ball. Um, he went from being an unranked prospect in the previous ranking to moving to 71. Um, and he was in the top 100s a couple years ago, but uh, then there was a two-year absence, and then he really had a good year this year, and he's back in the top 100. Um, Vientos, another guy who is is a butcher in the field, uh, from what I understand. I haven't watched a lot of it myself, but just from what I've been reading, um, doesn't really seem like a guy who's going to uh, – 
who's going to be a, a solid defender. But Keith Law says that his bat's going to carry him. And if he manages to hold on to third, he could be a four-win player. So, I mean, you take that any day of the week if you're getting a guy like Mark Vientos who can hit if he continues to hit. Um, you kind of accept his fate as a fielder. And you take a four-win player every day of the week. I mean, that, that would just exceed any expectation. So Vientos is a guy that I've always really liked. It kind of seemed like it started to click for him this year. Uh He's 22. He might make it to Queens this year, too. I guess we'll have to see. Um, the Mets do have a glut of infield talent. Um, he's someone who they've tried a little bit in left field, so maybe you see him out there going forward. But Vientos is a really intriguing guy to me. I think that he could totally match at the big league level. So I like him a lot as a prospect. And then last but not least, you have Alex Ramirez, uh, who... You know, in the baseball card hobby, was a really sought after name this year in Bowman. Um, he signed for two point oh five million in July twenty nineteen. Made his pro debut this year uh, as one of only two eighteen year olds in the low A Southeast League. Um, you know, he squeaked in top one hundred. There's still uh, there's still a lot of work for Ramirez to do. He is only nineteen years old, um, but. Uh, Keith Law says if he shows he can do it enough to get to the power, he'll be a plus-plus defender in center field who hits 25 to 30 home runs a year. Um, and you'd love to see a, a, a really good defender who could give you that kind of uh, offensive output as well. Um, so Ramirez is a guy to keep keep tabs on for sure. I like that the, that he kind of squeaked in there at the top 100. And it was really nice to see that the Mets did have five guys in there. And I think that Everyone expected to see Mauricio, Beatty, and Alvarez, um, but it was great to see Vientos back in there. And Alex Ramirez, of course, is a guy that, um, you know, we'll see what happens in 2022, but he's definitely a guy to keep tabs on. So that was Keith Law's uh, top 100. Um, Certainly uh, exciting to see the Mets kind of creeping back up there. Uh, getting their farm system back a little bit, uh, you know, middle of the pack, obviously nothing to write home about, but nice to see that they're not seller dwelling too much like they were in recent memory. Um, and it, obviously prospect hugging is one of those things where you can't do a hundred percent of the time, but, uh, it was really painful to see the way that Brody Van Wagenen and, and crew kind of just mismanaged and didn't have a grasp on the Mets farm system, uh, just trading guys kind of willy-nilly for players that didn't really deserve to be acquired in such a manner. Um, you know, Keon Broxton, you know, the Mets trading you know, a trio of guys for him. You know, J.D. Davis, there's three guys the Mets traded for him. Uh you know, it's just like a lot of guys being given up, and and you take a look at that, and you think if the Mets were just a little bit more stingy in keeping their prospects, you know, they there may be a borderline top ten farm system now, and that's not even to mention, uh, you know, the Jared Kelnick trade, and obviously, um, you know, Kelnick exceeded rookie expect rookie, um, whatever you call it, like he, he's no longer a rookie because he played in twenty twenty one, but. Uh, that's excluding that awful deal, which, I mean, you know, I just don't know how you sleep at night having made such a uh, 
ridiculous trade, um, and not even just trading Kelnick, but trading Justin Dunn, who might not ever be a stud, but is a serviceable uh, major league starting pitcher. Um, you know, for Robinson Cano's albatross contract and a relief pitcher. And that's not a knock on Edwin Diaz. I like Edwin Diaz a lot. Um, and it's not his fault that Kelnick was traded for him. But you just, I, you don't give up such a guy like Kelnick who can end up being an amazing player for, for someone as volatile as a relief pitcher. Um, but, you know, we could talk about that another day. I have a lot to say about that. I'm sure many Mets fans do. Um, I miss Jared Kelnick every single day. Um, and then we'll just go over Jacob Resnick's uh, uh, top 75. And even he he notes that it's more of a top-heavy system right now for the Mets. It starts to get a little bit dicey. I mean, uh, you know, number 74, you have Josh Hedgeka, uh side armor, uh, who really great guy. Um Awesome dude. Uh, made a funny joke about how he's a top 100 prospect, and I thought that was really funny. But he's number 74, and then you know guys like Brandon McIlwain, number 75, Luis Raul Rodriguez at 73, Sammy Tavares at 69, Marcel Renteria at 67. So kind of on the back end there, uh, you know, it gets a little bit dicey. Um, but, you know, the Mets farm system, like Jacob says, will improve um, – presumably this uh you know this summer when the Mets do have some high draft picks but uh we'll go over the top 10 obviously so you have Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, Ronnie Mauricio uh who are the top four uh in Keith Law's list obviously and the number five and six you have Matt Allen and JT Ginn um Matt Allen uh recovering now from from I believe he had Tommy John surgery but I think most people view him as the top pitching prospect in the Mets system. Uh, he might not get back out there this year, so we'll see. Um, and then JT Ginn, a guy who I like, but I don't really have very high expectations for um, as like a future ace. If he could be a guy who's a serviceable starting pitcher, uh, I'd be okay with that. But he's not a guy that really thrills me. Um, Dominic Hamill coming in at number seven. He was a 2021 uh, pick for the Mets, and he's got some he's got some zip on his on his pitches. Uh, you know, Jacob also posted a video of him uh, pitching from I think it was this past season, and he's got some good stuff, man. So Hamill's a guy that I'm really excited about. You know, Khalil Lee, I think can be probably a serviceable outfielder in the big leagues. Will he ever be a starter full time? Who knows? But I think that he's a guy that you could that you'll see um, unless he's traded. But you'll see him in Queens in 2021. Um, sorry, in 2022, and maybe for the foreseeable future. Um, but if you can get a number four outfielder out of a guy like Khalil Lee, you know I'm pretty pretty happy with that. Then rounding out his top ten, you have Calvin Ziegler and Alex Ramirez. Calvin Ziegler, I believe, was uh, was the number two pick uh, in the Mets draft this year. Um, and he's a guy that a lot of people like. Kind of seems like a little bit of a wild card for me. Was one of the top Canadian pitchers. Um, but who knows what you really get out of him. Uh, we'll see. Definitely some high upside. But um, you know, we'll see how he does in 2022. Then beyond that, you have Adam Aller, who I believe the Mets picked up as a Rule 5 pick within the last year or so. And he's a guy who might you might see in Queens this, this year. Um, you know, if he can give you some some spot starts, um, if he could give you maybe some time out of the bullpen, uh, I think that'd be good. But but Aller, kind of a pleasant surprise, um, especially in the matter that Mets got him. 
Nick Plummer, who the Mets signed uh, as a free agent this year, uh, this offseason before the lockout. Uh, guy who, again, you might see in Queens, he's on the 40-man roster, um, has a little bit of pop and could be a little bit of a dark horse candidate, a guy to definitely keep an eye on. Then beyond that, you know, we'll just go to the top 20 here. Carlos Cortez, uh, who I believe is a middle infielder, uh, you know, perhaps a guy that, that debuts this year too. Don't think he's ever going to be a starter, but, um, you know, could be one of those those guys who, um, you know, maybe, maybe has a place on the team bench. Travis Blankenhorn, who we saw in 2021. Jose Buto, uh, pitcher. Jalen Palmer, who is a local kid. Uh, Hayden Sanger. Carlos Rincon, who the Mets got uh, in exchange for Billy McKinney this year, Eric Orze, and Josh Walker. Um, if you want to see the rest of the list, Jacob posted it a couple days ago, maybe yesterday. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, there's definitely some guys, some appealing guys, some guys that are kind of close to reaching the majors. Um, and like I said, I'm not a prospect expert. Maybe I'm a little bit off on when these guys might debut. But um, just from my knowledge of what I've followed with, you know, some of the guy, the people I follow on Twitter, um, you know, kind of the, the extent of what I know about these guys. But uh, there's definitely, in, you know, in the top 20, some guys that I like, some guys I think are appealing. Um, and even guys, you know, in the top 25 that are worth are worth uh, keeping an eye on. Jake Reed at number 24, for instance. We saw him a little bit. Uh, side armor, you know, kind of maybe submariner, um, if I remember correctly. Um, he's a kind of a guy that I, I, I want to keep tabs on. I think that he has the potential to be a good relief pitcher. So he's a guy I'll be, te- uh, you know, keeping an eye on uh, for the 2022 bullpen if the season never gets up and going. Um, but yeah. This was a fun episode. First time I've kind of taken a stab at doing some prospect uh, analysis. Uh, definitely would love to hear you guys' thoughts, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll be back later this week with some more great content. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Mets Legends, on Instagram, at Mets period legends. And as always, you could drop us a line at Gmail, uh, Mets Legends at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much, and I'll talk to you next time.